Hey, I'm Angie. And I'm Emily. Being a creative person in the corporate space can be really tough, and we should know. Join us to talk about how to be a right brain in a left-brained world. It's The Artist at Work. Well, we have reached episode number 34 of The Artist at Work. Ooh. And typically, you know, the 34th anniversary is typically the one where you um, go, you do a lot of reminiscing and a lot of looking back. I think that's the <laughs> typical gift is like some sort of memory keeping. So Catherine, we might be um, needing your services for our own podcast book very, very soon. <laughs> um, anyway, we would just like to talk a little bit today about podcasting in general how we got here. I mean, we were musing earlier that it's been 34 whole apps, which is more than a half a year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it took me a minute. Bonkers. Yeah. Bonkers. But, you know, we've talked a little bit before about how we got here, but sort of wanted to have a meta conversation about podcasting in general, you know, what we're doing, the medium in general, how, um, what we like about it, what we don't, recommendations for what to use or what to do or what to listen to. So happy 34. Ooh. So I guess let's start with kind of like our story. If I mean, if you're a first time listener or you haven't listened to every episode of ours, first of all, I mean, go ahead and do that. How dare. So really this idea to start this podcast was really born out of um, the Artist Way book. It was quarantine. We wanted kind of a project. We had this like standing Friday appointment on our calendar just to like creatively collaborate. And we started going through that book together and I was driving somewhere and Emily texted, what if we did a podcast? And I legitimately laughed. I was like, um, cute joke. (laughs) And then the next week we both owned microphones. Lickety split. Yeah. I think that it was just, we were having all these creative conversations about like some sort of, I hate to, to say advice giving, but, you know, talking about being a creative and how weird and hard that is. And um, we'd already come up with the name and thought that maybe it would be some sort of blog, but this is kind of a faster way to get our, our, our words and our, our ideas out there. And so this is kind of a nice way to have informal conversations that we were having anyway, but turning them into something a little bit more useful for maybe one more person outside of our two person <laughs> group. Um, So yeah, and it was, it's, we have, although this is episode number 34, we've probably recorded closer to 40 um, because a lot of them are in the trash. Um, Not a lot, (laughs) but several of those first ones were not good. But yeah, we had to sort of work a little while because even though this does feel and seem now, like we're just like having conversations, we were real awkward at the beginning. It was a lot of like, hello. (laughs) Like it was, um, (laughs) it was very Ricky Bobby. I don't know where to put my hands, but in front of a microphone and looking into zoom, it's not a natural thing. I'm sure that everybody is, you know, who's seen themselves on screen once or twice or heard a recording of their own voice knows that it's very, very awkward. Yeah. And then I think there's the whole editing process. Neither of us had ever done that before. So it's like a whole different skill set. You're learning as you go and getting better at it as you go. So that's kind of a fun kind of thing that we always encourage here too, is just taking imperfect action and, you know, putting out the work before it's perfect. And this podcast is an example of that for ourselves. Boy, howdy. Yeah. A lot of learning on the fly. And you bring up a good point. So like the actual process itself, we've kind of got down pretty good. I think we use a couple of tools that are really useful. So we record obviously on zoom. And then I save those files down to my computer, my own personal computer. We use a a transcription tool called Otter. 
which costs something like $12 a month. And I go through and listen to the recording and have a word doc of the auto transcription alongside the recording. And then I edit out, I sort of mark like what we should delete, where we should delete it. And then we have a shared Google drive and then Angie gets the file and the document in the shared Google drive. And I will let you share your piece of the process here. Yeah. Then you download the audio file, dump it into GarageBand, and then I use Emily's timestamps to edit. So then I'm cutting up the recording, dropping it in its own kind of track, scrubbing it for all of the ums and things we so cut funny. out that you do not need to hear. And then add in you know, sound effects in the intro and the outro, and you make it sound like a finished thing. It's a really fun process. I know I really enjoy it. There are other tools that might make it a little... Um, little faster for us. So we're kind of experimenting with something called Descript. It's web-based. So that is the limitation there is that if you're on an airplane trying to edit, you can't do that. And that's exactly when I tried to use it for the first time. <laughs> that's what I figured. Yep. I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups and random Instagram people who I follow who are podcasters. And that's like the number one tool that they recommend. It says it's a game changer. It cuts your editing um, time in half. So that's definitely something we're going to explore. So if you are a podcaster or are interested in starting a podcast, I would start there rather than doing our kind of, you know, process we made up because we didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And even that process took a few weeks, I think, to kind of figure out exactly how, you know, and what we were going to do. But this is a good slapdash. You know, sharing a Google Drive, I think, is is great and perfect and much easier than sending each other files over email all the time. Yeah. But I think total costs sunk each month. I think we're at like 24 bucks, maybe. That's yeah. $12 for Otter and it's $12. So the other thing. So then Angie puts the file back in the drive and then I have the keys to, well, I guess we both have the keys, but I just do it because um, I write the little show note descriptions to Buzzsprout, which is our like sort of like hosting and distribution platform. So it's very, that, that takes, you know, very limited time. You just pop a file into this thing. We have like, I don't know, we pay for whatever $12 a month gets you. I think it's like maybe five hours of content or something like that and pop it into Buzzsprout and then schedule it for, you know, Tuesday mornings at 5 a.m. when I remember. And there have been weeks when I have not remembered. And then it's live on Tuesday mornings when we wake up. Yeah. And you'll also see like some social graphics. So what we do there is when Emily's going through an editing, she's highlighting for me things that are sticking out that, you know, are our, our best nuggets or funny little phrases that can be social graphics. So after I edit, I make all the social graphics in Canva actually, which is another cost, but I think it's like a hundred dollars for the whole year. So again, really low, low budget for this podcast to come together. It's more, I think it's more of a time thing than anything else. 1 million percent. Yeah. And I often kind of drag myself to these calls as we both do. You know, I think that like we have a standing Friday afternoon sesh And I don't always bring my best self to it because it's Friday afternoon and nobody's really their best self on a Friday afternoon. But once we sort of get in a groove, it's, it's amazing how I sort of perk up and really, you know, enjoy these conversations so much that it's like as begrudging as I am at the beginning, like we just, you get a little bit warmed up and then it's like fun and nice and easy. And we have plenty of shit to talk about. (laughs) Plenty of shit. Also like it's a Friday afternoon. It's probably the slowest time of your week. Right. So it's a mix of really easy way to kind of fit it in each week and not have to move it around as often as I think if we put it like on a Monday afternoon or something like that, work tends to be a little quieter. 
I think for most people. And then also to add on to the Friday thing, you know, three o'clock on Fridays is like a general time we chat. So that also works out really well for guests because again, most people's weeks are just a little bit slower. So towards the end. So that's worked out for us. Most people can make it, which is great. Yeah. So far, so good. The only other stuff we've spent money on, I guess, we, we paid, what was it, $5 for Pond 5 um, stock music mm. for the theme song? Pond 5. Pond 5. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if that's a deep cut there, but if you've ever sourced music for a video, you might know what we're talking about. Pond 5. <laughs> it, is the, it is the audio air, uh, watermark that <laughs> these music distributors and licensors add to their little clips when you're listening to them, trying to pick the right one. And I wonder how much the person who says Pond 5 gets paid. Ooh, ooh, there should be royalties there. It really should be. Mm-hmm. What a meta conversation. Um, <laughs> and then we both bought microphones um, when we were deciding to do this. You know, we did a very, very limited amount of, of research as far as equipment goes. And, you know, settled on, what are these Yeti? What's it? I don't even know blue what it's Blue Yeti. It's a blue I think. Yeti, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're about a hundred dollars. I mean, I think that they sound good yeah. or good enough. Yeah. We're both just sitting in our regular homes. There are no like, you know, egg crate or whatever all that styrofoam is on like recording studios. <laughs> like we don't have yeah. any of that. I'm, I'm facing two windows and don't have a terrible uh, reverberation. So well, that was a one-time cost that seems to have been really worth it for us. Yeah. And I mean, you'll occasionally get a dog barking or a siren going down the street, but you know what? We do our best to edit it out, but if you hear it, it's real life. Them's the brakes, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Earlier today, my neighbor was leaf blowing and um, I'm glad that we were just shooting the shit and not recording when that was going on because it was very loud. Yeah. Um, so Angie, what's sort of your like big podcast story, you know, how did you sort of start listening to them? What was your gateway uh, podcast? How's, how have you, how's your relationship with them changed over the years? I can't believe I just said relationship with podcasts, but please go Here we are. Yep. Um, Yeah. I would say my entry point was probably something along the lines of NPR adjacent. So maybe like this American life or serial, even though that does that, doesn't seem that long ago, but I'm thinking about just, I would definitely listen to them either on an airplane or commuting. And it was primarily airplane because I like reading so much and not commuting. So um, I think that's probably where I started to get in there. And then it was a little bit true crimey and it has shifted a little bit more towards like business podcasts. So things that are more helpful to my business or even like someone who I know through someone else, just kind of listening to their stories. It's really fun. I feel like when you have a relationship, even if it's five degrees away from that person, because it feels like you're just listening to your friend or your friend's friend. So that's kind of how I entered in. What about you? Where did you start with your podcast love? My entry into them was via comedy podcasts and the comedians that I followed really starting in the mid 2000s on Tumblr. And that sort of led me to several I still listen to today. I have been a very um, longtime fan of a podcast called Uh, Yeah, Dude. 
Um, We have gone to see them perform in multiple cities. They have been podcasting since 2006, which is, I mean, ancient. So yeah, for me, it was a lot of comedy podcasts. I still listen to a lot of them, not as many as I did. Again, because I don't commute now. That was my you know primary thing to listen to in the car, on the train. And that is no longer a part of my life. So now uh, Donut and I just like to listen to old episodes that keep it when we're walking around. But certainly my, my consumption has gone down somewhat. It's also shifted, you know, like yours has over time to be a lot of like kind of like art or interview or like deep dive storytelling podcasts, a little bit less comedy because I just don't have the time for it. I think podcasts are cyclical too. Like it's like kind of what you're in the mood for if you're, if you want to listen to advice or you want to listen to a story or you wanted to listen to fluff. It's the same way I kind of think about TV. Like I'm not always in the mood for a documentary. Mm-hmm. I want to watch mindless TV sometimes. Well, so and I now there's a smorgasbord you can watch. Yeah. Or you can listen to literally whatever. Um, how do you find new ones that you want to listen to? Yeah, mostly through recommendations of others. I'm also a part of a Facebook group called Find a Guest, Be a Guest. How we found a few of our guests through that is you kind of put a listing up about who you're looking for, what would be a great talent or a great like person for our audience. I found a few uh, podcasts to subscribe to via that way too. Just interesting things you wouldn't know were going on. Or it's like, I'm a part of this mastermind too and people will recommend things. I rarely find or search for something on my own. I feel like it's come from someone else. What about you? Same thing. Recommendations. You know, there's so much it's, I will never, as much as I love channel surfing when it comes to television or even um, the FM scan on my car radio, I don't want to just mindlessly dive into a podcast. I feel like, I don't know why it just feels like there feels like more of a commitment, right? I know. I don't want to like listen to some untested entity, like, you know, perhaps our podcast for three episodes to find out if I like (laughs) it or if it sounds good or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it really is very recommendation based. What's maybe the most surprising thing to you out of this process for yourself? (laughs) For me, it's how much I talk. (laughs) (laughs) and how I am a a very shy person. I'm certainly very comfortable with, with my friends and loved ones, but like, this is not something that like I thought was going to come naturally to me. I don't think it does come naturally to me, Um, but man, can I talk? Um, (laughs) And that's really, it's been upsettingly a hard lesson to learn. (laughs) What about you? What's the thing that you've learned or were surprised by? I guess I have a couple. One, I got over, I thought I was going to hate the sound of my voice and not be able to handle it. And after about editing two episodes, I kind of almost got over it. I almost think of our voices as different people. And it's really funny. I texted Emily one day. I know the shape of your ums. (laughs) Like when (laughs) I see them in GarageBand, I'm like, oh, I have to, I have to crop that out. It's very, very weird. That's a very weird sentence. Um, Um, but it's true. The other thing I, I really love about this is a lot of what we were talking about is applicable to people who have been on my team previously and they will reach out and tell me how helpful a specific thing was. And it's like, they got to pick my brain, which I think is really cool. And it's also super adjacent to my, my coaching business because I do point people to certain, certain podcasts when it makes sense. So I just pointed somebody to episode four the other day to talk about like actually putting your work out there. So I love that callback that what we're creating could be and hopefully is useful to people looking for certain information. So that's been delightfully surprising. 
Okay. So after dispensing some really helpful advice, I don't know how helpful it was for, you know, uh, fledgling podcasters like we still are, let's give some, some rapid fire recommendations that may or may not be relevant to our audience, but are certainly ones that have delighted us over the years. So what's one of yours? I'm going to start with an actual delightful one, which is called Showmance. And it's from the girls from rom-com pods. And it's like, they're on their third season. And not to be total spoiler, but Lance, they have Lance Bass on the show. And it's just like a fun, fun, playful um, show that I've seen grow up a little bit. It's the third season. And it definitely feels like the production value is even better. Their talent's even stronger. So I'm just delighted to kind of watch that grow for them. That's cute. I guess my first one is one that I mentioned a little while ago, which is Oh Yeah, Dude. It is a a lo-fi uh, conversation. If, if you told me in 2021 that like one of the pieces of media that I have held dear to myself for most of my adult life was two white men yelling into a microphone, that would be hard for me to understand um, unless I had not spent the last almost 15 years listening to them. They're great. It's wonderful. UID for life. Yeah, they are so funny. And we've talked about this before, but I know about them because in college, my very good friend's best friend dated one of them. Bonkers. So crazy. crazy. Yes. Great dudes. Give it a listen. Yeah. Um, My next one is going to be You're Welcome in Advance. It's Hillary Rushford's podcast. I'm in her mastermind. It's always like very advice forward and topical great for women. It's where that um, emotional guidance scale, the first time I heard about it was from her to call back to a couple episodes ago. I think it's just, it's a really nice digestion of things she's learned along the way and, and shares really honestly and candidly. That's nice. I should give that one a listen. Okay. I've got one. It's like kind of the way that I describe this podcast to people is like a James Patterson audiobook. There is a podcast called Business Wars set in our house like this business wars. It is a really serious, but like funny, not funny. It, it, it does not mean to be funny. It has like a hundred thousand seasons and it's, it's different business wars. Um, I think the first one that we listened to was Netflix versus Blockbuster. And the guy who um, narrates them does voices to make it be like an audio book and everything. And they're telling real stories, but it's like editorialized in the funniest way to me, like talking about how like the CEO of Netflix, like, he gasped and ran a hand through his silver gray hair. Like it's like so like dramatic. And then after we listened to a few seasons, they started including this disclaimer that was like, basically like, this is an author's interpretation of like what may have happened in these real life scenarios. But you do learn a lot. I mean, I don't really, I tend not to give a shit about business, um, but I do love business wars because it is a very good story. <laughs> Every season is like, you know, maybe around six episodes. Um, and you learn a lot about, you know, Spotify versus iTunes or whatever. Um, so there is plenty, plenty, there are plenty of wars to be had in the back catalog of business wars. So I highly recommend that great for a road trip. Yeah. I think we've listened to a couple of those after you recommended and you do kind of laugh. You sort of roll your eyes. I know. But you do learn a lot. The stories are good. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the we guy listened doing- to the, the Pizza Hut one, Domino's and Pizza Hut. Maybe I've listened to that one. They, I, I mean, really, we like we binge them anytime we are on like a road trip. And Jeff listens to a ton of them. But the guy who does them is um, lives here in Austin. And so- I believe I'm I'm like one LinkedIn connection away from him. And I really just 
someday going to slide into those business wars DMs. That's a really good one. Yeah. Really good one. I will say one I've, I've loved for years and years, and it is a favorite airplane podcast is Modern Love, which I can't remember. Is it Amazon who made it into a show? Yeah. Okay. So that's their interpretation of like a few different episodes, but I love the voice of the woman who kind of runs it. It's very calming, a little Delilah-ish if you're you guys remember her from the radio. Um, she's still a thing. I have no idea. That's a great but, question. But <laughs> uh, the stories are good and they're they're typically narrated by like celebrities. So you have a kind of familiar voice and they're very short and always very sweet, sometimes sad. Um, so I love Modern Love. That's a good one. Another one I've listened to for years and also seen live, um, which was a delightful experience, is Pop Culture Happy Hour. Uh, Linda Holmes is the the mastermind behind that. She's got some some regular co-hosts in uh, Stephen Thompson and Glenn Weldon, also of National Public Radio. I'm a little bit behind on it, but they just talk about cool things that are happening in pop culture. Linda Holmes is a wonderful writer, and everything that she writes and everything, I, I want her job. She's a she's a really just spot on cultural critic and talks about cool things and has good opinions. And I like everything that she says and really think that the whole podcast is sweet and informative and they have a great rapport. Um, and I just, I like everything about those folks. Uh, the next one I have is a business one. It's called Strategy Hour and it's the girls from the Boss Project. So they do a lot of template work. They do um, Canva templates. They do Dubsado uh, templates. They do a lot of things to make your business run more smoothly. And they've been, they're like business besties. They met in a Facebook group and like six or seven years ago, and they started a business together and they both have like additional side hustles. One girl makes earrings. One girl um, has started some other, like some totally other companies and things. So like they have a lot to offer and then they have a whole team around them. They've built from the ground up, which I think is really cool to see young, two young women have a really strong brand and company and various companies actually. So they're fun. The last one that I'll share really does. I love it. And I think that it it speaks a lot to a lot of the stuff that we talk about. Mike Berbiglia has a, re- a, a fairly new podcast called Working It Out. And every week he talks to a, a performer, an entertainer, or a creator of some sort. And they mm, work on very cool. like early stage materials that they're going through. Great conversations. He is couldn't be more charming. Um, highly recommend the new one on Netflix if you have not already watched that. Well, and that's our story about podcasting for now, at least, you know, again, we each week get a little bit um, more comfortable behind these microphones and with our editing skills and tools. And, um, you know, there's really, it's, it's just, the good news is that we're not, as we said last week to Catherine, you know, it's not like we're doing this in front of 30,000 people who are all paying attention. It's nice to be able to experiment in a small, slow way. And that's certainly, you know, we've got a few generous folks who are listening to us uh, regularly and giving us feedback when we need it um, or when we don't want it. And that's great too. But yeah, it's been kind of a fun a little project and it will continue to be one. Yeah. So, you know, if you have any of those hard hitting podcast questions, shoot them our way. And of course, if you have any ideas for uh, topics you'd like for us to talk about, we are always taking that too. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. We'll catch you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks for listening to the artist at work. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're on Instagram and Twitter under the handle at artist at work pod. And our website is the artist at work.com. We'll see you next time.